Welcome to the Wingman Men's Moment, a weekly podcast of the Wingman Nation Men's Ministry, a scripturally driven men's ministry with three goals for every man, striving to be better husbands, better fathers, and more Christ-like and godly men. Join Wingman Nation co-founders Randy Ferreira and Pastor Jay Dennis and an occasional special guest as they discuss issues relevant to a man's needs, struggles, habits, and hurts. And now, here's Randy and Pastor Jay. Welcome to our podcast today. We are so glad you joined us. I'm Pastor Jay Dennis, along with my buddy Randy Ferreira. And today we're looking at the wise men from Matthew chapter 2. Now, often we hear people say three wise men, perhaps because there were three gifts, but nowhere in the Bible does it say there was a specific number of wise men. Here's what we know about the Magi. We know the Magi were wise men from the east, most likely Persia or modern-day Iran. This means the wise men traveled eight to 900 miles to see the Christ child. Most likely, the Magi knew of the writings of the prophet Daniel, who in times past had been the chief of the court seers in Persia. And it includes, in Daniel 9, 24 through 27, it includes a prophecy which gives a timeline for the birth of the Messiah. Also, the Magi may have been aware of the prophecy of Balaam in Numbers 24:17. Balaam's prophecy specifically mentions a star coming out of Jacob. The wise men were guided to look for the king of the Jews by a miraculous stellar event, the star of Bethlehem, which they called his star, Matthew 2, verse 2. They came to Jerusalem and asked concerning the birth of Christ, and they were directed to Bethlehem. They followed God's guidance joyfully. When they arrived in Bethlehem, they gave costly gifts to Jesus and they worshiped him. God warned them in a dream against returning to Herod. So in defiance of the king, they left Judea by another route. What we want to gain from this story today from the wise men is how you can become a man of wisdom, how you can be a wise man. And Randy, I want you to begin as we share these characteristics that any man can embrace as a Christian. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. um, How we can become a wise man. Interesting. You know, that's sort of a difficult phrase for me Mm -hmm. because I'm so used to the phrase, a wise guy. Yeah. You know, being from (laughs) New York and Italian, but I'll I'll do my best. Wise and otherwise. But a wise man, uh, like the three or four or six wise men who were there with Jesus, we don't know how many, um, but they they know God's word. A wise man knows God's word. These wise men, you know, they, they read it, they studied it. Matthew 2, 5, it has been written. Yes. It guided their lives. Because these men knew the word, uh, they knew when the event of Jesus' birth was happening, they connected the dots. They did. You know, this is scripture being fulfilled right before their eyes. Right. In Micah 5, 2, it was quoted and fulfilled before their very eyes. Yes. So it was How very exciting. interesting. And because they knew God's word, they looked at life from a different perspective. Yeah. And so will we. Yes. Uh, as we study the book, the Bible, uh, it will make us wise it if will. we read and study. It will give us discernment. It will help us determine truth 
uh, because it is truth. Amen. As as men, we need a renewed spirit. Yes, of the Bible. We do. Among men, we really do. And 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 so many so many of us as men don't realize the importance of reading every day. And a lot of times we read and go. I don't know what that just said. I, yeah. I'm not familiar. And, you know, there's an old axiom saying about live and learn, and mm-hmm. I always reverse that and say um, learn and then live. Oh, that's reading good. The Bible. That's good. But if we don't understand it, there's enough people out there who can help us understand, or if we buy a study Bible. Right. That's always helped me over the years yes. to get a more uh, a, per- a different perspective on what's actually being said there. Mm. So in Matthew 2, 2, it talks about where is he who has born king of the Jews? Yes. For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Yeah. The word saw means they noticed. Mm. They were watching. A mind filled with God's word is a mind that notices things. Otherwise... That we wouldn't have That's noticed. right. So when we do this, we're going to see people differently. We'll see our children differently, mm-hmm. our jobs, and even our problems when we know the word. It's a whole new way of right. looking at life's perspective. It is. You know, here's an interesting uh, thing on surveys. In every survey done on Christians, it, it's showing that more women than men read the Bible. Oh, wow. So men, we need to wise up. Absolutely. And you you mentioned a study Bible, Randy. I think that would be a fantastic gift that a wife or uh, a son or a daughter can give to a dad, to a husband, Mm -hmm. to get him a good study Bible. And uh, there are so many available out there. Here's the second characteristic. A wise man gets on his knees. Notice what the wise men did when they got to Jesus. In Matthew 2.11, it says, and they fell down and worshiped him. The term fell down means to bow. It means to fall to the ground. So real men kneel. Things happen, good things, eternally significant things happen when men dare to pray. The wise men prayed in the presence of Jesus. I mean, he was right there. Think about that. Men, Jesus is not in the manger today. But when you get on your knees, no matter where you are, you are ushered into the very presence of God. That's right. This same presence uh, that the wise men experience. Men, humble yourselves and get on your knees. I like what Steve Farrar in his book, Point Men, says. We need aerobic kneeling, (laughs) just like we need consistent aerobic exercise to keep in shape physically. We need the exercise of our knees hitting the floor consistently as well. I like that. A wise man gets on his knees. Number three, a wise man is knitted to God's promises. Mm. You know, these men were courageous in the face of fear. Remember, Herod threatened them. Right. Um, Yet they still did the right thing in spite of it. They had a word from God and nothing or no one was going to stop them. That's right. We were talking about something this week about that, right? Absolutely. Um, They would obey God and, and not man. They stood strong. And they didn't waver. That's right. They didn't compromise. They didn't play it safe. Yes. They always did the right thing. In the New International Version of the Bible, Matthew 2, 9 says, After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. How exciting. Matthew two sixteen says, When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. Yeah. 
and he gave orders to kill all of the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. I, you know, it's it's a funny funny spot there when it says he was outwitted by the Magi. Weren't yes. the Magi considered like really wise men? Yes, <laughs> and he was surprised he was outwitted. Hello, <laughs> good point. Uh, someone wrote that the the and I, and I totally agree with this that the times today demand unstoppable men who knit themselves to the promises of God and won't let go no matter what. Yes. You know, think about that in today's times. Yeah. The times demand men who are unafraid. Most of us are afraid. Yes. We're politically scared out there these days. Right. Men who are sensitive yet not stuck on political correctness. Amen. Men who are kind but don't carry niceness to the point of compromising our convictions. Yes. You see that a lot today. We do. Men who smile but refuse to laugh at things that are wrongdoings or off-color jokes. You know, a lot of times we get carried away when mm-hmm. people still tell off-color jokes or talk right. inappropriately instead of saying, hey, guys, I don't want to hear that. Right. Or, hey, I don't want to hear that uh, that joke or the way you're saying that. Um, we need men who are gracious but will not tolerate prejudice or injustice. Amen. Courage and kindness are not in competition. Yeah. Billy Graham said, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are stiffened. That is a great quote. I love that. Men who are knitted to God's promises. Number four, a wise man is a keeper of God's priorities. Matthew 2.11, after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The word treasures here refers to the receptacles in which their valuable gifts were kept. So, think about these gifts. They They gave gold. That is a gift fit for a king. They gave frankincense. Frankincense was used to make perfume and was a symbol of deity. And then myrrh. That is a substance used for burial purposes. It was a prophetic moment when they gave the Christ child myrrh. This baby was born to die, to die on the cross. These gifts demanded time and money. They meant inconvenience and getting out of their comfort zone. Guys, there is a price to be paid for wisdom. It means having God's priorities and living by them. And there are three things you need as priorities in your life in this order, we believe. What is it that must never have a price tag in your life? That which no amount of money, temptation, or attack will make you let go of. Number one is faith. These wise men were willing to die for their faith. Are are we willing to die? For our faith. No one or nothing could keep them from Jesus Christ. They publicly, unashamedly, unapologetically identified with Jesus and they didn't try to hide their faith. Guys, don't try to hide your faith. Amen. Live it out. Uh, I've heard that faith is a personal thing. It is personal, but it's not private. It's not it private. is meant to be lived out loud. Let me ask you, are you putting God as first in your life? Is your faith the most important thing? More than 90% of American men believe in God. 
Five out of six call themselves Christians, but only two out of six attend church on any given Sunday. The average man accepts the reality of Jesus Christ, but fails to see any value in going to church. Guys, put faith as number one in your life. Randy, what are those other two priorities? Uh, The the number two of the three is, is family. Our wife first, and then our children. Yes. Wise men put their wives second and their children third. That sounds a little strange, yeah. doesn't it? But um, our wife and children are the most important, precious things in life to us outside of our relationship That's with Jesus. That's right. We have to put the Lord first. Yes. So the question is, do you value your wife? You know, we say yes, of course, but is she really precious to yes. you? Yes. Do you do everything in your power to protect her, meet her needs, listen to her? That's a hard one. Yes. Show her the attention that she craves. Is she valuable enough to you, us, that you will be faithful to your vows, faithful Mm. with your eyes, faithful with your words? Is our wife valuable enough that we will stay away from things like, for example, internet porn? Right. Um, is she valuable enough to you to be her spiritual leader? Yes. Really t- making the effort to do that. And we've had several podcasts on how to do that already. Right. Um, is she valuable enough that we would give our lives for our wives? Mm, good question. Big question. Is she valuable enough to stay on our knees praying for her every single day? Yes. And then our children. Are our children valuable? Of course they are, but let's talk a little bit more specific. Are they valuable enough for you to have them in church every Sunday? Mm. Actions speak louder than just saying, yes, they're the most important thing in my life. Big time. Are they valuable enough that you will lead them by your example? Ooh, that's a big one. Mm. Because obviously they're always watching us as dads. Are they valuable enough to sacrifice our time? Oh, I can't go golfing this weekend because i got to go to gym soccer game. Right. Value in your life is determined by the time that you spend. And uh, not how much money we make, not how much we can give to our family, although those are important things. But uh, our wife and our children want our time. They do. And, And God demands that of us. And if you're a single guy... Is your future wife valuable enough for you to keep yourself pure during Mm. this time? Good word. So number three is, what are we for? You know, we always talk about what we're against and what, you know, we have an opinion on those type of things, but lots of people, men, don't talk about, you know, what we're for, our convictions, what we believe, what are we willing to die for, what are we willing to be inconvenienced for? laughed at for, give our money to, spend time on, our focus on things um, we are for. We should do that. So many Christians seem to be defined by what they are against. Yes. And we must not be the against people. (laughs) Christians shouldn't be the against people Um, because we're for love. Yes. Not against everything else. Right. But the for people. The things we are for are worth dying for and living for. I'm going to give you some examples. Yeah. And there's probably a lot more. Right. But first and foremost, we're for Jesus. Yes. Right? We're for the Bible. Mm. 
We're for marriage of a man and a woman. That's right. We are for heaven, that it's real and it's there, and hopefully we're all going there yes. someday if we know Jesus. That's right. We're for the truth, and the truth lies in the pages of the holy book. That's right. That's the truth. We're for kindness. Kindness is about being loving and kind, and that's what Jesus was, and that's what God is. Mm. We're for treating women with honor and dignity. That's a good one. Consciously. Uh, and and uh, we're for protecting children beginning in the womb. Yes. For church, for prayer, for sex God's way, for freedom and respect, for healing, for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for all men being created equal. And we're for being colorblind. Yes. And having fun and dozens of other <laughs> things we are for. Good things. I love that. We're the four people, the not four the people. against people. That's right. We have four heads. I just thought I'd throw it in. <laughs> so what we are for gets us up in the morning and gives us purpose. It that's, really does. That's that's what we need to be. So F- Focus on the things you're for and not just on the things that you're against. Right. It will make your life a whole lot more joyful. There, lot there's more no joyful. doubt. That's right. good, buddy. So this Christmas 2020, we reach out to men and ask you to seek to become wise men, men who possess and live out God's wisdom. Guys, step up to the plate. Will you dare to draw a line in the sand? Will you be a man of wisdom? I'm telling you, your marriage depends on it. Your family depends on it. The church depends on it. This generation depends on it. Randy, we are only one generation away from paganism. So we must reach this generation. So from the Wingman Nation team, we say to you, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Wingman out! Thank you for listening to the Wingman Men's Moment weekly podcast. The Wingman Men's Ministry is based around the Air Force concept of a wingman. It uses the fighter jet theme and parallels the duties of a wingman in the Air Force, his commitment to his pilot and flight team, and how they're related to the men of your church and their commitment to God in their lives, their families, and their Christian brothers. Visit us at wingmannation.com.